0: Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmed a fourth-generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique system of healing, which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week, I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work offer insights, and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Homeopathy Health Show here on UK Health Radio. And I'm your host, Atik Ahmed I do hope you've had a pleasant week. And my, how does time fly indeed? Now, I've got some really, really exciting news for you. And that is of a new feature film being produced called Introducing Homeopathy, the film. Now, this uh, feature-length film will truly bring the message of homeopathy to every doorstep around the world... And it's going to showcase the incredible possibilities of homeopathy in everyday healthcare. It's really, really exciting, and I absolutely can't wait for it to be released, to be honest. Now, if you haven't heard anything about the film before or yet, visit introducinghomeopathy.com. And also, you can check out my socials, specifically Instagram, at like underscore treats like. And you'll be able to see some promotions and reels on the upcoming film. Now, if that wasn't exciting enough, I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome the film's director and principal creative lead, Kim Elia, to today's Homeopathy Health Show. So without further ado, uh, Kim Elia, an absolute honor, truly, to have you on the Homeopathy Health Show. Welcome with open arms. Thank you so much. Really, it's my honor. I appreciate so much you inviting me on
1: and uh, I really appreciate being able to talk a little bit to your listeners. Greatly, it's,
0: it's going to be so well appreciated. And I think, um, although we are going to get onto the film later on in in today's uh, show in the podcast, but it's just so exciting and it's so timely and so pertinent, and it's just everything is coming together so nicely. And of course, we're g- we're going to talk about that. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah i got to try and contra- control my um, excitement. Otherwise, I'll have to, during the show, take a dose of aconite 200, I think. But, hey. <laughs> but, good. Uh, Kim, I actually wanted to ask you uh, about homeopathy. Now, you have been practicing, promoting homeopathy for over 37 years, incredible 37 years. But the inspiration is actually quite unique because it was Mahatma Gandhi's quote, and I quote, Homeopathy cures a greater percentage of cases than any other method of treatment. Homeopathy is the latest and most refined method of treating patients economically and non-violently. Now, this quote was actually what sort of hooked you in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I was the director of nutrition
1: at the Heartwood Institute in Northern California, and I was working with a lot of different clients using nutritional therapies. Uh, originally, I started with something called orthomolecular nutrition. It's now referred to as uh, fun- functional medicine. And, you know, I was getting fairly good results. But a lot of the people there were already very conscious about eating well. I mean, they were all chewing buckwheat sprouts 2,000 times per mouthful. And, you know, so there wasn't really that much I could communicate to them about how to improve their diet. And one day I went into a local health food store in the in the town nearby and there was a book there about homeopathy written by uh, Maisie Panos. And on the back of the book was that quote that you refer to by Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah. And that quote really caught my attention because... I knew that Gandhi had wanted the people from the Indian subcontinent to have pride in their own cultural accomplishments. Mm. And they have a healthcare system called Ayurveda, which is thousands of years old. And yet somehow Gandhi is choosing homeopathy over Ayurveda. I thought, how how is that possible? There must be something to this system of medicine for Gandhi to be be promoting it. And so I, I picked up a copy of that book. I brought it home. I read the entire book that evening. And I immediately ordered a homeopathic remedy kit, and I began to distribute remedies to my various patients. And I immediately got some just phenomenal results. Uh, It's become a little bit more challenging as the years have gone by, but I think that uh, the universe was providing to me patients who needed polycrest remedies, and uh, the results were phenomenal. I even remember I was visiting with my parents in Geneva, Switzerland, And it was during a period of time where my parents were having quite a bit of difficulty. They were really, they were about to get divorced because my mom was such a difficult person. She was, uh, unforgiving, critical, very negative. And my father, after, you know, many, many years of marriage was just fed up and wanted to get divorced. And at that time, I was reading, uh, George Vitalkas's, uh, stolen essences. Uh, these were lectures that George Vatolka gave at in Big Sur in the late eighties in Northern California, and somebody had taken the notes from the conference and had published them as the Stolen Essences. And I was reading through this, and I I got to the remedy nitricum acidum, and uh, nitricum acidum is characterized by the three P's, which is pissed off, pessimistic, and a pest. And as I was reading it, it was as if George Vatolka's personally knew my mom, and was simply describing her in the uh, the description of nitric acid. And so I knew enough about homeopathy at that point to ask some confirmatory questions. So I went up to my mom and I said, well, mom, how do you feel about herring? Not, not Constantine herring, but pickled herring, which is one of the food desires of nitric acid. And she mm. said, oh, I love it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to give her nitric acid 64 times a day. Now, I wouldn't do that now. Uh, because of aphorism 247 of the Organon, which says it is an unexecutable project to repeat the same unmodified dose once, not a lead as many times. Anyway, I didn't know about that. So I gave her the 6C four times a day. And my mom went through a miraculous transformation. She went from this bitter, angry, unforgiving human being to someone who was literally singing and dancing around the house. And I remember the song she was singing was Can't Buy Me Love by the Beatles. Can't buy me love. And you've probably heard the expression, you can't be a prophet in your own hometown that you know your parents and your friends perceive you in a certain way. And you know, you know, you have an idea for a business when you're 35 and and you bring it up to your parents. And they say, well, when you tried to sell that, start that lemonade stand when you were four, it didn't work out. And you say, but I'm 35 and I was four. And, you know, I had that type of a relationship with my father. But after he witnessed the profound transformation of my mom. He came up to me, he shook my hand, he said, I don't know what you've done, but from now on, I support you 100%. And I can remember even afterwards, we were, the whole family was around the dinner table and we were engaged in some type of debate or discussion. And at one point, my mom said, Oh, just forget about it. And everyone looked over and said, Who is this? And I can remember, you know, uh, talking to her on the phone and she would say, Oh, I love you so much. And I'd always look at the phone and think, Who is this person? (laughs) And I love that story because yeah, homeopathy can treat your colds and your flus and even serious conditions. It can also profoundly and dramatically change a person's life as Hahnemann alludes to in the ninth aphorism of the Organon. So uh, homeopathy has been an incredible gift for me in my own life and that's one of the the reasons that I felt compelled to make this documentary film about homeopathy. I want to give something back to humanity. You know, I, I believe that the measure of morality is what we do for this generation and what we do for the next generation. And if I can make some contribution, then I feel that I've lived this life and I've it, I've
0: done something that I can give to posterity and make their lives better. That's uh, that's a really really fascinating story. I must commend you actually on on your uh, uh, amazing knowledge of the Organon and the materia medica, which is uh, is it's it's so refreshing because you literally remember all the aphorisms, and that's so, so fascinating. Uh, But uh, it's so amazing, isn't it, that homeopathy is, I mean, we're looking at over 200 years now, and it's treating those conditions which are only now coming to light, uh, you know, from a scientific point of view. But back then, if you look at the Materia Medica, how does it always start? It starts mind, and then it goes into generals, etc., etc. How amazing that it can change a person's personality or Positively affect the constitution or someone's psyche or their way of thinking, and it's so true today, isn't it? With the myriad of mental and emotional complaints that people are are quite openly discussing now.
1: Yes, it's absolutely the case. I mean, it, I'm, there are many other therapeutic modalities available out there, and they all have their things to contribute to good health. You mm. know, Hahnemann talked extensively about various other types of therapy, mesmerism, and good diet and things of that nature, hydrotherapy, but in my experience at least, I've never seen anything that can impact a person's mental and emotional state the way that homeopathy can. Mm -hmm. It just has the ability to fundamentally change a person's perspective on life. So that they, when they wake up in the morning, they feel ready to embrace the world. And Hahnemann even alludes to this in the uh, preface to chronic diseases, where he says that the purpose of homeopathy is to help a person do good in the world. That was really Hahnemann's objective, is he was a, a deist. He believed that homeopathy was a gift from God that could be used to better uh, our fellow
0: human beings and even other beings as well. And it's, it's so so true. And and that you know, came that's why he was so humble, wasn't he? Because he had that belief. And even though he was severely persecuted, we all know how many times he had to move. We all know the ridicule he went through. And yet, he still managed incredibly, I don't know how he actually did this, you know, to manage to do all that research, establish homeopathy, its principles, and then prove the remedies. I mean, one of the remedies, I think it was uh, the Sora myism, took him 13 years. I mean, who does that now? 13 years of seeing patients day in, day out, and uh, and then to come to the conclusion, oh, this is linked to this remedy, and this remedy is because of the, you know, and we can call this the miasm of it's amazing, isn't
1: it? Yeah, you know, this is one of the things. I, first of all, I'd like to just reiterate what you said about Hahnem. And he always did due diligence. And he did test the theory of the miasms, as you mentioned, for an extended period of time between 1828 and about 1840, before sharing it with his closest associates, Johann Ernest Staff and Wilhelm Gustav Gross. And he wanted to make sure that every theory that he came up with was thoroughly tested in his own experience, so that before he shared it, that it would really have benefit, and it would be fully, fully um, insured to actually work in a clinical setting. So that's absolutely the case, and yes, it it really is something that is. A discovery. You know, this is what I mentioned earlier that my background was in uh, orthomolecular nutrition, ortho meaning correct, molecular, to correct the molecular environment of the body. And the way that you do that is by giving various types of supplements, vitamin C and selenium to increase glutathione peroxidase and copper to increase superoxide dismutase and all these various things. The problem with all of that is you can never figure out the human body. It's so complex. And so you give too much zinc and then you cause a copper deficiency or you give too much of this nutrient it causes this imbalance. It's impossible. The difference with homeopathy is it's based on a principle of the universe, similia similibus carenter, the law of similars. And this is a law which exists not just in homeopathy, but exists in all of the empirical schools of medicine, going all the way back to Hippocrates. So there's always been an empirical school of medical thought that has embraced the law of similars. And when you first hear the law of similars, you think, well, Yeah. How does that make sense? Why would you give something that would produce the same set of symptoms that you have? It doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but if you think about it, the symptoms that the body produces are the attempt of the body to bring itself back to a state of health and balance. So for example, if you eat a poison, how will your body respond? Well, it will respond with vomiting, diarrhea, perspiration, fever, All of those symptoms are the attempt of the body to eliminate that poison. Now, if you go to a conventional doctor and they give you something to stop the diarrhea or to stop the vomiting, you're actually working against the direction the body was moving in. In homeopathy, we give a small amount of the substance to stimulate the life force to move in the same direction it was attempting to move towards. Maybe it wasn't able to do it on its own. We catalyze that process to facilitate the healing process. And that's really what distinguishes homeopathy. It's not a man-made invention, it's a discovery of the universe. And we apply this law of similars and it's very easy. We simply allow the language of the disease to inform us as to what remedies to give. And there's no theory really behind it. We simply match the state of the patient to the symptoms of a substance in nature that produces a similar state.
0: You said something very profound there, which was, you said the word discovery, and that's actually so, so important. It indeed wasn't man-made. It is a discovery, and only now people are um, realizing the efficacy. And i tell you something interesting. I was flicking through some of the news channels just about um, three days ago, Uh, bad habit, I know, but just flicking through, and there was a news channel, and there was a really... Uh, interesting report, which was like, you know, the latest research going on by um, a scientist from Europe, was that they were looking at snake venom, tiny amounts of snake venom, and how it would treat PKD, uh, polycystic kidney disease, and how it would bind to the receptors. And immediately I thought, but in homeopathy, we use lechesis and Viper and bothrops and Nadia, and and they also talked about scorpion venom, and we have the remedy Scorpio. And, and it's like, that discovery, that that word you've said, is so so beautiful. That discovery that Hahnemann made is so profound today, isn't it? It's it's so strong and it's being proven, albeit in different ways. That, that look, you don't need the physical substance; you can potentize it so that the re- properties are reversed, and your vital force picks that up, and blah blah blah. Absolutely, and what you say is true. I mean, con- a lot of conventional
1: medicines work through the law of similars. I um. I remember a number of years ago, I had dinner with the Professor Luc Montagnier, who was a Nobel laureate, uh, and who was the, actually, I believe, the actual discoverer of the HIV virus, and who subsequently did conducted some experiments that showed that you could dilute uh, the a material substance like the DNA strands or a virus or a bacteria beyond Avogadro's number, meaning that there would actually be no... Material substance left, and yet there was some type of imprint left in the water, which, under the correct circumstances, could regenerate the DNA or the virus with almost exact same sequence. And so we know that this actually exists in nature. This this actual mechanism. And uh, I was talking to him over dinner, and you know he's done a lot of research in the area of AIDS, and he doesn't didn't know very much about homeopathy at the time. But we were talking. And uh, we mentioned to him that the a lot of the medications for AIDS produce the symptoms of AIDS. And it was like a light bulb went off in his head. He realized, oh, my God, he understood what homeopathy was because he realized that conventional medicines oftentimes work through this actual principle of the law of similars. So, yeah, absolutely true. It's, uh, it, it's something that we see in nature. As a matter of fact, in the organon one of the ways that Hahnemann discovered this is by noticing that some diseases in nature would cancel out other diseases. You'd have one disease, and then you'd get another disease, and the new disease, if it was similar enough, would cancel out the previous disease. So this is a, a, a natural phenomena that we observe in nature. Hahnemann simply discovered it, and what he really did is he did something called approving, which allowed him to codify and understand how to apply the remedies in practice. And the way that was done was by giving these various substances to a healthy person and seeing the symptoms that they would produce. And from that, we derived our materia medica and our ability to actually utilize these medicines in a very sophisticated and a very precise manner.
0: So would it be right to say that it is almost the epitome of proactive health care, because it does so much more before the disease actually manifests if the right remedy is given. Oh, yes. Yeah, no question about it.
1: I mean, homeopathy can be utilized in before you're sick by helping to strengthen the life force and the immune system of the individual. It can be used in the early stages of sickness. It can be used in the later stages of sickness. Uh, it can be used for any of a myriad of different types of health issues, uh, there are, of course, situations where homeopathy will not be effective when there's a type of structural problem mm. that might need to get surgery or chiropractic intervention. So it's not a panacea for every single problem that exists in the world. But if you're mistuned, if you're out of balance, and that mistunement, the German word is Verstimmen, the mistunement of the life force does exist and results in various types of symptoms, then homeopathy is incredibly effective in addressing those types of problems and i i've been practicing for a long time i have a lot of friends in the homeopathic community and i've seen incredible profound changes in people's lives i even i uh, have a case of, of somebody who, who was schizophrenic mm-hmm. uh, i had this on video actually and he came in and he was completely not relating to what was going on around him. he was talking about angels and devils and you know uh, completely insane and uh we gave him a remedy. The remedy was Anacardium, And six months later, you know, I'm actually able to carry on a conversation with him. He's He's talking about starting a business. And, you know, where else can you see something like that, you know, where you don't have to basically medicate somebody so they're no longer cognizant of what's going on around them, but they actually feel better, they feel alive, and they're able to function at a much higher level.
0: I think, you know, if anybody wants to really know the power of homeopathy, and the fact that we are, some people say, dare I say it, but some people are saying we're living through a mental health crisis. You know, this is the time. Take that step and try homeopathy for your emotional disturbance or upset. And when you see those results, I mean, literally they're life-changing. You know, you can move absolutely. on. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, you know, there, there you can use homeopathy for first aid, acute care, home use, Uh, and literally just anybody can do that. I mean, when you're, when you're dealing with more serious health problems, then you need a professional homeopath who's been well-trained and understands the various nuances of practice. But, you know, if somebody had the, an emotional grief, a recent emotional grief, the, the death of a loved one, the car, you know, ran over their dog, the, the, the wife left them something of that nature. Uh, in most situations, most cases, uh, a dose of Ignatia, 200C or 1M, will dramatically mitigate their feeling of despair, their their sense of conflict about the the fact that life is not the way that they want it to be. And anybody can do that. I mean, you know, Ignatia. Should, everybody should have Ignatia in at their homes and should be able to use it readily.
0: I am going to pick your brain now. I get asked this all the time. So coming from yourself as an expert, what is there an easy way to be able to understand the Materia Medica? Because a lot of upcoming homeopaths, especially students in general, or even the home prescribers get very, very confused. What is Is there any technique? I mean, what can, what's your guidance?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I oftentimes when I'm teaching a class, I'll ask my my students. You know, how many people there have read Hahnemann's *Materia Medica Pur*. This is a two volume *Materia Medica* that he wrote early on in his um, in his beginnings study and practice of homeopathy, and nobody raises their hands. You know, and so I say, oh, oh sorry. Well, how about um, Herring's *Guiding Symptoms*, which is ten volumes. You know, of, of dense list of information and again nobody raises their hands and i say well what about you know timothy field allen's encyclopedia pure material medica all 12 volumes how many people have read that and again nobody <laughs> raises their hands because it's a literal laundry list of symptoms and you could finish reading one remedy and move on to the next and you'll remember nothing whatsoever mm-hmm. so i think the best way to understand and to learn materia medica uh, is perhaps to read the seminal article by constantine herring on the study of Materia Medica, where he describes something called the diagnostic method. And in this particular approach, what he says is that you start by identifying the locations of where the remedies have a tissue and organ affinity, because every remedy will have specific organ and tissue affinities. That's the first thing you'll do. And then you'll go through and you'll find all of the sensations that are associated with that particular remedy, and the sensations might be different in different organ and tissue systems. And then you'll go through it again, and you'll identify the modalities. Uh, you know what makes the the symptoms better, what makes them worse. And again, uh, that might be different in different organ and tissue systems. Like for example, you have arsenicum, which is generally a very chilly remedy better for being covered up, but their head tends to be warm and wants to be uncovered. But for the most part, the modalities, what makes the the symptoms better or worse, will generally speaking for most remedies be consistent across the board. Hmm. And then he'll say, you need to look at the moral symptoms, the mental and emotional symptoms, and compare them to the physical symptoms of that remedy. And then he says something very, very important. He says, what you need to do is master a few remedies, and these would be the, the, the what we call polycrest remedies, the remedies that we use frequently in practice, calcarea carbonica, phosphorus, natrum muriaticum, belladonna, aconite, so on and so forth. Once you've mastered those remedies, what you want to do then is take the next remedy you learn and compare it to the remedies you already know. That's the key. You want to, to study the remedies through a process of comparison. So for example, if you had a patient who was very anxious and restless and pacing back and forth between midnight and 1am, and they had a black tongue and black diarrhea, and they were very exhausted at the same time, and maybe they had a fear of death and wanted to be taken to the hospital, that's a very nice description of arsenicum. If you know the remedy, you'll, you'll recognize that particular description. But let's say that this patient, instead of being chilly, like the arsenicum patients are, is warm well, then it's no longer arsenicum. That's a description of cicalicornutum, which is a remedy derived from ergot. And it'll be much easier to remember that remedy as the remedy that shares all of those symptoms of arsenicum, but instead of being chilly, is warm and wants to throw off the covers. So that process of comparison really facilitates the ability to acquire materiametic information. You can't memorize long lists of information. It's simply impossible. What you need to do is compare what you know to something that you want to learn. And once you've done that, the process of learning the remedies becomes significantly easier. I also mentioned something very interesting in there. And by the way, this is also important because uh, when you do a case analysis, what you do is you repertorize the symptoms of the case and the repertory, and then you look at the top remedies and you compare them. So if you've acclimated yourself to the process of studying remedies by through the process of comparison, you, you're now much more facile with the actual process of case analysis because you're already comparing the remedies one to the other. I also mentioned that whole idea of comparing the moral symptoms to the physical symptoms. And what caring meant by that was that the physical symptoms and the mental and emotional symptoms are actually related to each other. Hahnemann actually alludes to this in the seventh aphorism of the organon. And also in aphorism 135, where he talks about the, the provings and uh, the, fir- the, for the person who does the first dose of the proving you want is the most important because you can see the sequencing of the symptoms in time. So what this basically means is the physical, mental and emotional symptoms are all related to each other. I'll give you an example. Take the remedy Nux vomica. The constipation, the keynote symptom of the constipation of Nux vomica, is ineffectual urging and straining to stool. Now, if what I'm saying and what Herring is saying was true, then that symptom must be related to the mental and emotional state of the patient who needs Nux vomica, And that's absolutely the case because the constipation of vomica is they never feel satisfied. Even if they have a bowel movement, they feel that that's not enough. They need to get more out. And they're constantly struggling and fighting, ineffectual, urging, and straining to stool. And when you look at the mental state of the patient who needs Nuxvamica, it's very much the same. If they're a salesperson and they made one or two sales in the morning, they need to make two or three more in the afternoon. If they're the CEO of a large corporation, again, they need to fight and struggle to get, you know, take over more businesses and do more. They're always fighting. They're always competing. They're always struggling. And you see this in all the remedies. Illumina has the type of constipation where they won't have a bowel movement for a very long period of time. And they'll come into your office and you'll say, how can I help you? And they'll say, I'm constipated. And you'll say, well, when was the last time you had a bowel movement? And they said, it's three weeks. And you go, Oh my God, three weeks. Well, no, you wouldn't say that. You say, that's very interesting. And uh, then you'll say, um, how do you feel? And they said, well, it doesn't bother me very much. And when you're asking the Illumina patient questions, they'll answer like this. I'm um, uh, that's, The same constipation that's in their bowels expressed in their mental, emotional state. You see the same thing with silica. What's the constipation of silica? It's a bashful stool. It goes out, it comes back in, it's not so sure. And what's the primary mental state of silica? Bashful shyness. So we see these concordances running through our remedies. And this is also another wonderful way to understand the remedies. Now, I also mentioned the idea of time. And this is very important because it was really James Tyler Kent who addressed this issue of a laundry list of symptoms. And the the story was that Kent was living in St. Louis. He arrived in Philadelphia. And the way that Kent would lecture is he would take out Herring's guiding symptoms and he would read one symptom after another. And when he would get to a symptom that he had seen in his practice, he would describe the picture of what he had seen. And this is the real first little wonderful pictures or vignettes of our homeopathic remedies. The problem with Kent is he doesn't tell you how these different pictures are related to each other, but actually the state of the patient is a dynamic process and the Materia Medica remedies are a dynamic process. So uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say that you're Atik, you you need the remedy Nux vomica. You're an irritable constipated Nux vomica, and I'm a sweet stavesacre Staphisagria, mm. and I go up to you and I say, Atik, can I just ask you a quick question? And you're very irritable, and you answer, No. You know now me in my emotionally repressed Staphisagria state is not going to say, Hey, Atik, you can't speak to me like that. I'm going to run away. and Go, oh my God, and. Will I be angry? Yes, I will be angry. I'll be angry at you for treating me in such a manner. And I'll also be angry at myself for allowing people to constantly treat me in this manner without speaking up for myself. Now, I'm going to go home in a state of emotional suppression. I've suppressed my anger. If I don't do something to release that feeling, I'm going to get all of the various things to which Sagary is susceptible. I'm going to get abdominal complaints, or urinary tract infections, or any even number of different problems. So I need to do something to release my anger. What will Staphysagria do? Well, they'll talk to themselves. They'll throw things. They'll overeat. They'll drink alcohol. They'll even masturbate. You could memorize that list of symptoms, or you could understand that those symptoms are the mechanism that Staphysagria uses to release their feelings of suppressed anger. And that's a much better way to understand our remedies. It's more real because it's dynamic. It creates a three dimensional understanding of the of the patient and also of our remedies. These are living personalities, as Stuart Close wrote to wrote about in his uh, Genius of Homeopathy. And you know, again, if you're just trying to memorize a list of symptoms, it's very very difficult. The human mind will have a difficult time trying to memorize that list. But if you can understand the nature of the remedy, how the symptoms relate to each other, you can understand their dynamic movement in time then the understanding of the remedy and the understanding of your patients becomes significantly easier. You are still teaching, I believe. Yes, uh, I do a lot of online teaching. I also travel quite a bit and do teaching. I'm I'm actually in in Bodrum, Turkey at the moment. I recently taught a three-day seminar here. And then prior to that, I was in Athens, Greece, where I taught a one-day seminar. I'm going to be flying back home next Wednesday. i only, I'm going to be going to a conference in Connecticut. It's the AIH research conference. Um, the people from the homeopathic research institute are wonderful people will be there mm-hmm. presenting and we'll be doing filming for, uh, we'll be interviewing people for the, the documentary film. I'll be flying home for just two days and then I'm off to Australia, uh, to do an, uh, to be the keynote presenter at their annual conference. So I do travel around a lot, but I also provide online teaching through our uh, wholehealthnow.com website. And we have many, many courses, some are by myself, some are by other preeminent homeopathic educators in our profession. Uh, it's, a, I think, a really excellent resource. And again, that's W-H-O-L-E-H-E-A-L-T-H-N-O-W.com, wholehealthnow.com. And uh, you, it's got a really uh, easy searchable database so you can find whatever you want by going there. And we've got thousands
0: and thousands of hours of courses. Brilliant. Well, um, that's the place to go, certainly, for um, expanding the mind, actually, and really coming to grips with remedies and understanding the history and the development and the progress and the effectiveness and the efficacy of homeopathy. It's everything. Everything is positive, and I love that. Now, on to the film, which is uh, going to be incredible. And uh, I just want to ask you, how? What was that initial thought about, hey, you know, we should have a, a film, a feature-length documentary in a city, in a cinematic uh, style called Introducing Homeopathy? Where did this brainchild come from? Okay, that's a great question as well. So uh, you had mentioned that I, I did a
1: course on the history of homeopathy. It's actually a 25-hour course. I developed it, I think, maybe about six or seven years ago. And in the course of pre- pre- preparing that, the material for it, I came across something called the box in the book. And the box in the book, was a, it was a wooden box that had about 50 remedies in it, and it was sold in conjunction with Constantine Herring's Domestic Physician Manual. And it was very, very popular in North America And many medical doctors, nurses, and even the general public were using it to find remedies. It was very simple. Uh, Basically, Herring's book is a therapeutic book, which means it lists a number of different health conditions, the common remedies for those conditions, and how to differentiate those various remedies based on the symptom picture. And people were buying this and using it, and it caused such a growth of homeopathy in North America that by 1860, when the Republicans swept into office with Abraham Lincoln, they were all advocating for homeopathy. Abraham Lincoln, uh, William McKinley, Rutherford B. Hayes, James Garfield, these were all Republican presidents who were advocates of getting rid of slavery who were also proponents of homeopathy. And they were even appointing Uh, homeopathic medical doctors to high-level posts within the U.S. government. And I thought, amazing. I mean, that's a real renaissance Mm. of homeopathy when the leaders of your nation are advocating for it and, and, you know, proposing that doctors be appointed based on the fact that they're homeopathic practitioners. And I thought, that's unbelievable. And I thought, how can we recapitulate that type of a scenario again? And so from that, we had the idea of developing an online web application called Homeopathic House Call, which is an online web application specifically for home use, although we find that a lot of practitioners use it as well, because you can't memorize every symptom of every remedy. And so uh, basically, it's for first aid and acute care types of conditions. And it's very easy to use. And it's also very inexpensive. And so we developed uh, this particular tool, you know, it costs you $5 a month, uh, so I, I like to say less than one latte per month to utilize the tool. And <laughs> essentially, if you're online, you can use it on anything that ha- that has um, you know internet access because it's a web application. So it's very inexpensive, very cheap. It took us two and a half years to create it. Uh, it's there's nothing really like it on the market right now. And uh, we began to to promote it and make it available to the community. And then people started to suggest that in addition to this, we needed to provide a telemedicine service. So uh, myself and a few uh, colleagues got together and we developed uh, something called Global Natural Health Solutions, which is a homeopathic telemedicine service that provides online inexpensive consultations with practitioners of homeopathy that basically anybody can access around the world at very reasonable costs. Well, I thought to myself, you know, we need to make some videos to promote global natural health solutions. And so I didn't have any people that I could work with. I didn't know anybody at the time. So I went online and I filled out various forms. And this gentleman gave me a call on the phone. I actually didn't answer the phone. My wife answered the phone and I was out and I got back home and my wife said, oh, this really very affable individual called and You know, he seemed like a really nice guy, and you know, you should give him a call. So I called him back, and sure enough, he was very friendly and uh, very, very generous of spirit. I found out that his father was a well known acupuncturist. Hmm. And so he was very sympathetic to both energetic and natural medicine. And so we hired him to do these three videos for us, and they came out really, really well. I mean, very professional. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, here I've got this guy who's committed to energetic and natural medicine. His father, you know, he grew up with acupuncture and he's got the requisite skills. You know, he was, he's been involved in, I won't mention all the the television shows he's been involved with and He's been involved in the industry for 18 years. So he's got a lot of expertise and a lot of connections. So he's got the requisite skills to do it. And I've got a lot of contacts in the homeopathic community so why don't we marry those together and see if we can produce a professional, high-quality film that can be aired on venues like Apple TV or Amazon or Netflix, and something that literally millions of people can view and can educate them and help them to understand what homeopathy really is, because that's that's the issue. And a lot of people, they've heard of it. And but they don't actually know what it is and mm-hmm. so we want to make a film that helps them to understand actually what homeopathy is where its place in history history of medicine is how many uh, how much it's been effective in treating the suffering of people around the globe and that there's a great deal of research to support it as well and so basically we got together the entire homeopathic community in North America has supported us. The National Center for Homeopathy has allowed us to use their 5013C status. It's a pretty big deal. That means that people can make tax-deductible donations uh, if they want to support the film. We've got literally hundreds of people who have made donations, hundreds and hundreds, many collaborators. And it's really been a team effort. And to me, that's very important because yeah, I have my own opinions about homeopathy, but I don't want this to be my voice. I want this to be the voice of our entire profession. I want it to speak to everybody. And I wanted to make a grand argument. For why homeopathy should be included in every healthcare system around the globe because the truth of the matter is that homeopathy has so much to offer humanity to suffering animals to any being i mean i i know homeopaths who treat hummingbirds hmm. so you know literally anybody I can. have ben-
0: that one before
1: yeah yeah it's, it's really interesting because they, they can see like a feather out of place in a particular way and they, they can diagnose that and Finally, wow. I don't know how they do these things, but somehow <laughs> they're able to figure that out. So to me, it was an opportunity for me uh, to give back because homeopathy you know, as I mentioned, my mom and my dad never got divorced because of nitric amacetam. My father had a prostate issue. I gave him sulfur. He never had to get surgery. My daughter was incredibly introverted and shy. I gave her a dose of a remedy called Burita Carbonica. She came out of her shell she doesn't have a particularly good uh, singing voice, but she got up in front of the auditorium and belted out a song. And everyone had, you know, their mouths were open. They couldn't believe it. Like, what happened? And, and all of her friends were calling me on the phone saying, can you treat our, our child? Because the transformation in your kid is so amazing. We've never seen anything like it. So when you witness things like that, when you, when you see the power of homeopathy, the ability it has to affect people's lives in so many different ways, how can you deny that to anybody? You know, people deserve to have this. And so that's the impetus for me for making this film and uh, why I'm putting so much energy and effort. And I think why so many people have joined on board like yourself. You know, you, you saw it, you saw the vision and you immediately wanted to be a collaborator. And, you know, people can see the value and the benefit of, of doing something like this.
0: I think that this film will be life-changing it's not just, okay, it's just purely homeopathy. But what I'm saying is, there's an answer there as well. And people need to know that. But like you've so you know eloquently said, people are not that aware. What I see with your vision and the team behind this film is that it's going to bring, you know, I use that word cinematic healing, don't I? It's at that level that people can really focus on it and spend time listening and watching and observing and say, do you know what? This is something to be taken very, very seriously because it can probably change my life as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You know, in today's world, uh, the way to impact people is through things like film. And if you can make a powerful documentary that moves people emotionally, they can witness, you know, the transformation of people's lives. We have We've we've been in real time documenting cases of patients improving under homeopathic care. We've got, you know, uh, incredible people talking about their personal experience using homeopathy, how it's changed their lives and not changed just their lives, but their whole family's lives. Because mm-hmm. if you change one person's life, you know, the whole family can change from that. Uh We've got, uh, I think we've interviewed now something like, 20 different medical doctors. We have one of the foremost experts on the placebo effect down at UC Davis, who we just conducted an interview with, uh, who came out and, you know, she's an expert in the placebo effect. And she came out and said, you know, homeopathy is absolutely not just the placebo effect. I mean, the placebo effect works in all systems of medicine. So it's always there. But homeopathy is not just the placebo effect. It's actually more. And there's actually documented research to support that. And she actually identifies that, that research. We've got um veterinarians uh, who have used homeopathy and again you know that that's not placebo. animals don't know that they're getting a remedy or or babies that are being treated with homeopathy again completely uh, eliminates the idea of the placebo effect. We've got naturopathic doctors we've got professional homeopaths. we uh, we are going to interview um next at the beginning of November uh, my film crew is actually flying out to Cambridge and going to be interviewing Brian uh, professor Brian Josephson who's a Nobel laureate hmm. uh he's uh, responsible for what's referred to as the Joseph- Josephson effect and uh, he's uh, a big supporter of water memory and serial dilutions and has done a lot of work in that area we'll also be discussing the work of uh, Dr. Luc Montagnier as i mentioned earlier who actually did a class for us entitled homeopathy the future of science and medicine this is a Nobel prize winner who taught a class called Homeopathy: The Future of Science and Medicine? So, this is not fringe medicine. There's science behind it. There are many, many esteemed medical doctors and scientists who support and believe and understand the value of homeopathy. So, we want to bring that to the general public as best we can.
0: As far as homeopathy is concerned, you know, this is a a real unifying moment that, as a community of healers, In fact, as a community serving humanity through homeopathy, this film will be that pinnacle at the top saying, by the way, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And this is the science, and this is the art behind what we do. And by the way, it's 200 years old, and it still works, and it's always going to work. It's cost-effective, it's climate-friendly, it's sustainable, it's economically viable. I mean, hey, what can possibly get better to, better than that? Except for it's also proactive health care because it will fix those problems that you probably aren't even aware are brewing, should I say. You know, I, I so much appreciate your enthusiasm, Antique. And, and to to
1: collaborate with you is uh, a real pleasure for me. Uh, I can I can really see you're a very special human being and you really want to make a contribution uh, to, to this world. And so for me, it's a it's a real honor to be working with you, and I agree with everything you said. I, you only left one thing out, which is it's animal friendly as well, <laughs> because we we don't, we don't test it on animals, so there's so no animals are harmed in in, in homeopathy. They're only benefited from its uh, from its Absolutely. use. Absolutely, it's eco friendly. It's uh, environmentally friendly. It's very inexpensive. It's highly effective, and it does no harm.
0: No, the film. It's going to be premiered at the uh, Joint American Homeopathic Conference in Virginia in 2024. So you've got a busy few months because it's not long to go now. Maybe, what, five months, I suppose, until
1: you've got to put it in the
0: can as such?
1: That's right. Now you're making me feel a little anxious. I'm going to have to (laughs) do some jocemia or something right now. But no, no, I mean, we feel very... We're we're, we're really... um, well on our way. We've got all the footage or most of the footage that we need. We're just now in the process of putting it all together. Our, our, um, our screenwriter is, is writing various pieces. So uh, we will premiere the film at the Joint American Homeopathic Conference in Reston, Virginia at the end of April. We are currently in discussion with Netflix to actually have it released as a Netflix original. That's a big deal because if it is released as a Netflix original, it means it's guaranteed millions and millions of views. And that will change the perception of homeopathy across the planet. Uh, And we're also looking at at going to a number of the film festivals uh, and other ways that we can get the film out. We, We never made this film with the intention of making any money. That wasn't our objective at all. Our objective was to do something uh, to promote homeopathy, to leave a legacy that would be a benefit to this generation and to future generations.
0: We all know that films can be life-changing. And, you know, somebody may say, well, okay, yeah, but you're getting excited and it's just a film. It's not just a film film. You know we have tools like we express ourselves on social media platforms if we're happy if we're down if there's some good news you know we all share on social media and that's the culture and that's the you know the global culture that we we're all growing up with we're very connected in this world and cinema and movies sometimes you could be going through something and you watch a certain film and it changes your outlook and that's why i'm so excited because this film will change your outlook. this will give you the facts, but it will give you the facts in a way that you will never actually forget them. Well thank you for saying that and I, and
1: I feel the same way, you know, I think the way to move people these days is through media, mm-hmm. you know you I mean you go people are watching YouTube all the time and these videos affect people's lives and especially you know, a professionally produced documentary of this caliber can have that type of an impact especially when it's viewed by millions and millions of people so uh, we're we're very excited and um we're we're confident that this is going to make the difference necessary for people to both understand homeopathy and also want to use it for their family for their friends uh, we we are even hoping that um scientists and medical doctors out there that this uh, acts as a stimulus, a catalyst for them to want to understand more about homeopathy. Because as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of research about homeopathy. Homeopathic Research Institute uh, in the UK uh, has done amazing work to document all of the extensive scientific research which supports Mm. homeopathy. And it's not even new. I mean, there was a a homeopath by the name of Thomas Lindsley Bradford who wrote a book uh, in the early 20th century called the logic of figures, where he documented the efficacy of homeopathy in the treatment of epidemic diseases. And the homeopaths would have, you know, mortality rates of two, three, 4%. And, uh, you know, the conventional doctors would have a mortality rate of 40 to 60%. There's a very famous homeopath by the name of Adolf Lippe. And Lippe was considered one of the greatest prescribers of all time, homeopathic prescribers of all time. Lippe, in 50 years of busy practice, never lost one typhoid, cholera, or malaria patient. 50 years. And this is during a period of time when the mortality rates of these diseases was 40, 50, 60 percent. You know, more than half the people would die, but he never lost a patient. Constantine Herring, another one of our very well-known homeopaths, oftentimes called the father of American homeopathy, he treated hundreds and hundreds of cases of pneumonia, never lost a patient. And again, this is during a period of time when the mortality rate of pneumonia was very high, 30, 40, 50%. So we know that homeopathy works. Uh, We know it works in epidemic diseases. We know it works in pandemics. We know it works for chronic diseases. We know it works for mental and emotional conditions. It works for first aid, for acute care. It's it's able to affect a
0: broad spectrum
1: of the various types of sufferings and ills that humanity is having to contend with
0: this is actually a two-part special in um, a few months when uh, there has been some more filming done we're actually going to be very privileged on this show because we're going to get probably some exclusives i look forward to talking to you again in a few weeks on part two of this show on this special about uh you know the progress of the film and where you're at at that time
1: sounds great thank you so much again natik i really appreciate all of your support and all of your efforts uh it's it's a real pleasure to work with you thank you so much
0: I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Please do support the show by clicking follow on my socials. Remember, the more exposure the podcast receives, the better for homeopathy around the world. You can find me on Instagram by searching for at like underscore treats like, and on both Facebook and TikTok by searching for at like treats like. So let's promote the voice of homeopathy on radio and podcast around the world, together don't forget to visit me online at www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast tab here you'll be able to see all the guests that have joined me on the show so far and of course you can stream on demand the latest episode to your mobile tablet or pc until next time stay safe and take care